I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Off the Beaten Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Within. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, well, this is a treat for you. Um, I was a, a huge fan of the band Jellyfish and uh, and got approached and asked if I would speak to uh, today's guest. And when I was told that it was Eric Dover, I was literally doing forward rolls around my front room. Um, for anybody that's unaware of um, the output uh, of Eric, so um, after he uh, joined Jellyfish, uh, after that he um, was lead vocalist uh, a lot, well, in Slashy's band, uh, Slashy's Snake Pit. Uh, he then went uh, and rejoined uh, former bandmate uh, Manning in, uh, in Imperial Drag. And then he joined uh, and played with Alice Cooper. Uh, he's currently working with his band Sextus, and he's now back uh, with members of Jellyfish, uh, the Licorice Quartet, who have new music out. And uh, and so there's just a wealth of incredible music there uh, that, that that he's been a part of, um, and he's an absolutely smashing guy and uh, and we have a, a lovely chat which you're about to hear um before we do that i'd just like to say uh thank you to scroobius pip and everybody at the distraction pieces network thank you to 76 for producing this podcast um and if you enjoy uh, this podcast and it's the first time you've checked out off the beaten track when you get to the end of today's episode with eric then um go and have a look in the the archives because um yeah, there's there's 250 or so episodes now, and you can hear me talking to artists as diverse as uh, Motley Crue's Tommy Lee, through to Cancer Bats, uh, through to Deftones, Fatboy Slim. Um, gosh, who else have we had on recently? Uh, Idols, Sleeve of Mods, Suede, um, and then there's all manner of comedians and um, actors such as Maxine Peake, James Acaster, Ed Gamble, Maisie Adam. The list goes on. Go and have a, a look over there because there's there's stacks and stacks of podcasts and and it's just me nattering away with them about the songs that have been really, really key on their creative journey. And uh, and yeah, and just digging a little deeper into to yeah, what has uh, what has been, you know, all the important parts of that creative journey. And uh, and if you want even more content, then uh, I'm going to shout out my my Patreon page. Um, it's patreon.com forward slash off the beaten track. 
Um, and over there, I put up three or four radio shows each week, video episodes, bespoke episodes. Um, and you can sign up and support the podcast uh, for about 71p a week, I think it is. And, uh, and it all goes in the pot because this is... Uh, a labour of love, this podcast. My favourite labour of love ever is this podcast. And uh, But if you'd like to um, support it over on Patreon, it would be much appreciated. You can find links to back catalogue, um, merchandise, uh, the Patreon, and, and everything else regarding this, this podcast at www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. I think I'm done with the chitter-chatter. Uh, of the intro so should we get on with uh, today's wonderful chat please enjoy off the beaten track podcast with the delightful eric dover it's off the beaten track podcast on the distraction pieces network with me stew whipping okay we are recording sitting opposite me today via the means of zoom is eric dover hello Hello, how are you? I'm all right, I'm all right. Um, I'm, where, first things first, whereabouts are you today? Where, where are you calling from? I'm in beautiful Burbank, California. Nice, nice. And uh, it's, weather is beautiful today, so no complaints. Good day for a new president. Well, yeah, you know, and then the, and the circle continues to turn. <laughs> what nutty times. Oh, what crackers times, mate. And we... Um, I mean, just, I mean, if that didn't give it away, we, I should just point out that we're recording on the 20th of, of, of January. Um, but looking, looking back over the last 10, 11 months, Eric, how have you, how have you found it personally and, and how have you found it creatively? Well, uh, you know, actually in terms of day-to-day living, it didn't change that much for me. Um, I'm kind of hermetic in the sense that I'm usually working on music or collaborating or doing something. Um, so uh, aside from the fact that it's a worldwide pandemic um, and when I'd have to go out and you know wear a mask, not much has changed. But um, it's certainly, I think it's inspired my creative wheels. But generally, I try to stay inspired as much as possible. So, What inspires you? Music, uh, primarily, uh, the arts in general, um, nature, uh, radios, um, and just, you know, kind of having your own time to, to be a psychically, have your psychic space, more or less. Yeah. That's cool. Well, I guess um, let, let's talk records. Um, for, for track one. Eric, I'm going to ask you the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro. Right. Well, um, I would say that uh, offhand, uh, Let's Go Crazy by Prince would probably be one that I would say, yes, if, uh, you know, the voice of God came on the radio, that's probably what it would sound like. Um, but there are music intros, too. Uh, Time by David Bowie is a beautiful music. Oh, great shot. Just, you know, like, wow. Like, and very dramatic as well. So, um, but yeah, there's that. I'm I'm just going to ask you, um, 
how because you, you've just shouted two records there that have got very long and quite epic intros um and looking now at how the way that in the uk that the, the radio setup is i think if the if the vocals haven't kicked in at like however many seconds, it's not going to get on the radio now. And, um, you know, in more mainstream pop, I guess we're seeing that, that songwriting seems to be reflecting younger people's um, attention spans, whereas everything seems to be moving very fast. So we're now finding there's lots of like two and a half minute pop songs start with a chorus and there's, there's no fat on the bone. There's certainly no let's go crazy, you know, or, or Bowie's time. And so what I'm going to ask you is, as you know, when, when you first started making music to, 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 the, to the, the new record, has the way that people listen to music, which has changed a hell of a lot, the way that people listen to music and the way they, they, they get their music, has that influenced or changed any way that you approach songwriting? It's a long-winded question, Eric, but uh, do you get where I'm going with it? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think uh, in terms of of what how I like to create music and listen to music and appreciate it, uh, I don't think of it in terms of time, like the three minute thirty pop song mm. necessarily. I appreciate that format. I appreciate the two minute punk format, um, you know, or the ten minute prog format. Yeah, it, it's just if if the music from note one more or less is makes makes my ears prick up then i'll stay with it because uh you know i i just want to hear how people uh, where they take things is, is it listening back to all of these old classic records too they're built like tanks the arrangements are so solid and and they just uh well you could take um the pink floyd uh, dark side of the moon i consider that maybe one of the greatest fm rock records ever made uh for that format and time you know uh, It'll still take you places upon repeated listen. I, I think that's been my goal all along, regardless of how long a song is. Yeah. I guess it just, uh, maybe I was sort of tailoring that question. Uh, what I'm, I think I was sort of trying to, to get is like, you know, Dark Side of the Moon, like any track from there now probably wouldn't, if that come out now, get ever get played on the radio, certainly not in the UK, which I think is criminal. It's like, it seems to be just, you know, UK radio stations are just tailoring for them ever, ever lessening attention spans. And, uh, and I think that's, that's a real sad thing because, you know, a few people have chosen um, Prince for this track and, and rightly so. And it's uh, just a, an incredible record and, and was a single as well and got absolutely played to death on the radio in the UK and I'm sure in the US as well. And yeah, I just think it's heartbreaking that, you know, had that have come out now, that record wouldn't have got played on UK radio, which I think's criminal. Well, uh, terrestrial radio, I guess, has changed so much um, over the years, at least in my lifetime, since I've been making records and touring with bands and whatnot. Um, you know, I've seen it grow increasingly corporate um, to the point maybe now where uh, it's a little bit tone deaf for what I would like to hear, but I know that it makes people happy. So that's their bag. But um, yeah, there's a, a formula. It's a math 
equation. It's turned into a math equation. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and I find that really yeah. sad. Yeah, it's very sad. A it's very solid. sad. It's something that I, I think it's also the age of digital. It's the digital age. Uh, the, the the lower cost of making great sounding music. Uh, you can certainly do that. Um, you can make something that will just, you know, terrorize your subwoofers and make you feel all, you know, gangster. But what? Where? Where's the? Uh, where's the intellect and the thought process of the music? You know, how is that constructed? Because that's where all the fun is to yeah. me. Yeah, totally. Couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Eric, for track two... I'm going to take you back and ask you the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. Oh, wow. Uh, hmm. I would say when I was uh, something like seven years old, I found a cassette tape. I have no idea where I got my hands on it. And it had like stuff from the radio recorded, I suppose. Uh, and there was a song on it called Those Were the Days by Mary Hopkin. And uh, my little seven-year-old self took that in and went, wow, this is like the greatest song I've ever heard. And it's making me like teary. And I didn't know why, because I was a little seven-year-old with my little emotions. But uh, there, there's so many classic aspects to that song that are to this day amazing. Uh, and it kind of has a lot of historic roots as well in European music. And I, I love the enchantment behind that. And uh, so, yeah, that, that one did it. There are a few other songs, probably Elton John songs. If you wanted to boil it down, that was probably the first artist that I listened to, you know, with a great degree of, of love. So about eight years old, eight or nine. You mentioned that you found that cassette at home, like, couple of questions on that like where where was home uh, at that point uh and was there was there music on at home would your parents play records and stuff yeah i had like some very uh some very hip cool parents you know uh they used to have parties i mean back in the 70s everyone got together and they would play rook which i don't know if you have that game over yeah, there yeah, but it's yeah. like this 
this card game and they would all get drunk and my mom would wind up dancing on the table and men throwing money at her and they'd stick all the kids in the bedroom and give them pizza rolls and say, you know, here, here, watch all the TV you want. Uh, great days. But I guess records too, from everybody's collection, because every back then you would bring your records yeah. to the party. So they would all get uh, mismatched and swapped around. And uh, I believe that's the first way that, I ever heard Stevie Wonder because I wound up somehow with the 45 to uh, just enough for the city. Oh, wow. And went, holy sh- <laughs> Wow, man. I'm like mind blown, you know, like, I don't know where this record came from, but I'm going to keep it. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's a happy accident right there. <laughs> yeah, indeed. And so where was home then, Eric? Uh, oh, yeah, home. Uh, I grew up in the South, but I'm rooted in uh, a little town in Alabama called Jasper. Nice place which, to uh, grow up. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I would say I would say that uh, I had a wonderful childhood for the most part. It, it uh, It's kind of a, a simpler age, a little more innocent, mm-hmm. but uh, it's uh, it's a cool town. It it sits between uh, Birmingham, Alabama and Memphis, Tennessee. So it's kind of an original trucking and trade route from Mobile, which uh, the ports. So uh, as a result, uh, growing up on this main artery, which I did, I got to meet all kinds of cool people, which was awesome because I had a, a produce stand that I operated growing up from about the age of 13 with my family. So uh, that was a, it was a great way to grow up. You know, I could, work, sell produce, and practice, which I did a lot of. Yeah. Okay, well, let's stay back in them, them formative years, uh, and I'm going to ask you for track three. Uh, the song reminds you of your time at school, please, Eric. Um, well, that would be a – I think that would be 16 years old for me, so I'm not trying to date myself. Everybody knows how old I am. Uh, Photograph by Def Leppard. Yeah, I think so. Um, and I think the reason that I would say that is because it, it at the time, really had taken the world by storm. I mean, Mutt Lang and the sound of that pr- production was instant, uh, you know, musical heroin. <laughs> and, where where uh, would that have been, Eric? Was that like 86, 87? No, no, no. Earlier. Earlier. Like uh, what? 80 it was like 82 or 83 or something okay when pyromania came out yeah yeah it was still early but um it was a dynamite rock record um and to this day i think it holds up really well um so yeah that would that would be one uh there were a few actually okay 16 was a weird weird year because i started listening to a bunch of different things as well like the police and uh, you know, bands like that. So I'm just trying to think what was what was going on sort of in, in the States in the early, early 80s. I mean, was the electronic stuff that was happening, was that was that interesting you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, way. Like, uh, for me, like that 79 to 82 period with like Visage, like Fade to Grey, like that's really classic stuff. I uh, love Soft Cell as well. Um, so yeah, anything where you were, uh, beeping about with machines and 
and stuff. I was, you know, always loved tech, so it was pretty natural. Okay. So just, just going back to school, or maybe like, you know, a bit younger than, than, than 16, just talking about school days in general, um, did you enjoy school? Uh, well, I moved around a bit uh, in the South, like I said, growing up, because my dad had a, a corporate job he, uh, working for Pillsbury, and we would travel. We lived in Arkansas a couple of times. We lived in uh, Nashville, uh, Chattanooga, uh, Georgia, you know, so we moved around to about the time I was eight. And, uh, so I had to try to fit in a lot of different places, uh, which didn't always work out. Uh, and junior high was a little rough. Once I got to high school, it was a bit better. And I went, uh, the high school that I went to Walker high school back in Jasper, Alabama was, uh, it was pretty cool. All, all the kids were pretty nice to each other. Like I said, it was a much more naive and innocent time. Sure. I think. Uh, just thinking, you know, moving around and, and changing schools a lot as, as, a, as a young man, um, and then obviously seeing what you've, you've gone on to do and, and stand in front of, you know, thousands of people doing what you do. Do you think that, that that then the moments of having to you know go as the new kid back into a school where everybody knew each other already do you think that gave you an element of confidence of of you know of having to you know talk to people and and put yourself out there to to try and you know to get on do you think that's kind of gave you an element of confidence that you've sort of took with you yeah i think perhaps it it has um and it's just life experience stuff really um at, uh, after so many years of, uh, of doing this, you know, you, you just try to do your best to communicate with people the best way you know how. And uh, uh, that's, that's really kind of where I leave it and just kind of keep it on the moment. Was, was you playing in bands at school? Oh, yeah, yeah. We uh, always had a band from the time I was about uh, 15 or so. Yeah. Um, and... And then once I got to high school, we uh, played our talent show and, there, you know, some of the popularity with certain attractive girls came and that was lovely. <laughs> and, you know, nobody was against that. But the main thing was music pretty much from about the time I was 11. Was, was that encouraged at school? Uh, uh, music? Yeah. Oh, I, well, yes. Yes and, and and no. I had to find a way to actually study music more than, like, say, athletics, which I, I liked uh, the athletics that I played in as a kid, but I didn't want to pursue that, really. So I kind of fudged my schedule so I could be in band lab and with the marching band guys and, and practicing a lot, which I, I did, you know. Eventually, I went to... Uh, a community college and, you know, study two years in college of, of music theory and composition and da, da, da. Did, did you feel once you'd kind of got into like a, uh, the, the, the group of people that were, you know, creative musicians and, and you'd formed bands, did you feel like you'd kind of found your tribe at that point? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I think, 
I think any time that you can connect with someone in a creative way, it's, uh, you know, you share something forever, which is, it's a beautiful thing to have uh, old friends and you go, Hey, remember that song that we wrote drunk at your place in 1987? Well, here's a copy of it. <laughs> it's, it's a great time capsule of, of friendship as well as making music. Um, so, and, and even with, even if a relationship is, is uh, could be volatile, which none of mine really have uh, my working relationships with musicians. But uh, even when it has that tension and edge, that's interesting as well. But um, yeah, it's uh, they're great. Just the uh, the collaborative spirit is something I treasure. So, well, let's let's just um, stay in the earlier years for this this next track and for track four, Eric. I'm going to ask you the first record you remember buying from a record store please oh uh that's quite easy that was captain fantastic by elton john yeah uh and it, it blew my little mind yeah way uh the record that i had before was goodbye yellow brick road because my sister bought that one actually she bought that one the same day that i bought captain fantastic and she also bought alice cooper's greatest hits so we came home with those three records in one day. And, uh, I, you know, that was uh, some of my allowance money. I uh, had saved up a bit. And so that's the first record, I full-length LP, that I had ever purchased. So you've just mentioned three records there. that uh, I've spoken on this podcast to, to many musicians plenty of times about records and, and have, you know, uh, as much as vinyl's making a resurgence, but, you know, we are, I guess, on the whole, consuming music digitally now. And one of the things I feel that we are losing is the beauty of the album artwork. And Goodbye Yellow Brick Road and Captain Fantastic were two records that um, were given to me when I was very young as well. And I can vividly remember sitting there. The Goodbye Yellow Brick Road was on, it was a gatefold sleeve and it was on yellow vinyl. And I remember just putting that on and just staring at the artwork and and just and and being b- like blown away at like who Elton John was. What is he? Is he from out of space? Like that kind of Bowie thing. And the same with Alice Cooper. I, you know, I was fascinated. I was petrified. I was like, who is he? And yeah, I just think they're the things that I, I feel that whilst we're talking records uh, and and obviously we, we're discussing vinyl now. I think that's one of the things that are lost now in 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 music somewhat. Like the 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 new bands i'm sure still spend just as much time and passion on their artwork but i feel it probably doesn't get as obsessed over as much as it you know by fans as it did back then when you had something huge and tangible in your hand that when you put that record on you'd sit there and just literally devour it do you know what i'm saying oh yeah that that was uh the pinnacle of any listening experience as a kid growing up for me was the tangible aspect of pulling that incredible uh, lyric book out or, or a scrapbook on the, in the case of uh, Captain Fantastic and just, just feast your eyes and sit there and daydream, you know, uh, it's, it's a bit lost on people, but uh, it's still my, a lot of the benchmark for making music and, and getting it out there in effective visceral way to people uh 
involves something like that still. Yeah. I don't know how I'm going to do it in this age or how I, you know, could do something quite like that, but that's still really kind of the benchmark to kind of fuse all of those elements, you know. And how beautiful to think that while you sit there looking at that sleeve daydreaming away that fast forward several years and you're, you're standing next to Alice Cooper playing. I mean, that's, that's pretty strange, right? Absolutely. Um, it's it's something I'll always I'll always treasure that that was uh, an amazing time, a lot of fun collaborated on a record, and uh, got to hear a lot of great stories. So, and play some amazing tunes. I mean, uh, Welcome to My Nightmare or uh, From the Inside, which is a another record that a lot of people don't talk about, but has just some incredible music on it. Very inspired, I think. Yeah, Eric. Just w- w- one more question regarding record stores before we get on to the next track. Um, are you one of um, those artists that, whenever you're on tour and you go to a new town, do you go and, and check out the local record store? Oh yeah, yeah. I'll still go if <clears throat> if there's a if it's within reach. You know, if I'm not too tired. Obviously, when you do a lot of touring. It takes, takes it out of you. So you're worried about sleep 99% of the time and uh, eating the other 1% or whatever. Um, but I'll go and uh, just browse through. And I did it. And um, <clears throat> funny is one of the last times I actually went record shopping was in Sweden in some small town somewhere, but they had, it's all like techno records and weird stuff like that. And I'm like, I got to check this out. So I did. And I'm like, Oh, I liked about four or five of them. And I dropped 150 bucks, but they really sound amazing. And they have these great etchings in the artwork. I mean, it was a well-made product and I've, I'm kind of a fan of all vinyl. It doesn't matter what kind of style of music. So, um, yeah, I can spend money quick on it. Yeah. Yeah. You and me both. You and me both. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For track five, I'm going to ask you the song that soundtrack your years clubbing. <clears throat> clubbing, well... This can yeah, be this can did. be rock clubs, Eric. This can be like rock clubs, and you know, it hasn't necessarily got to be kind of you know discos or, or or techno clubs. It can be like you know a dirty, sweaty rock club. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, I mean, okay, okay. I think I've got one. Uh, Sex on Wheels by My Life with the Thrill Kill Cult. What a record! It's great, isn't it? Um, and if I were going to say at any time that I actually would have gone clubbing, it would have been when I lived in Birmingham from about the age of 18 to 22, you know? So yeah, there were clubs we would go to for the music and the, the vibe, all of that stuff. And that was, that was on the playlist quite often. Um, uh, I like the way it sounds. And what year was, would that have been? I- 88. Maybe 89. It was kind of late 80s. And so but it was very insonic sounding sample like rock, which yeah. I loved, like ministry as well, too. Yeah. There was, there was so much exciting stuff happening around then. In, it's certainly in, you know, what we was getting from the US in the UK, you know, like the aforementioned there, you know, talking about, you know, I think maybe Nine Inch Nails had put their first record out in 89, maybe. And Jane's Addiction had put out their, their first records. There was Faith No More put out their first records. There was some, there was some fucking incredible music coming out like, that we was getting exposed to in the UK. It just felt like, yeah, we was all looking overseas for where it was at, definitely. It's funny how that transfers back and forth uh, between our, our two nations. You know, I'm, I'm inspired just as much by UK music as I'm American music. Um, so, yeah, it's great. Cross-pollination, I think they call it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, I'm going to take you home for track six. Eric, I'm going to ask you to tell me a favorite song from an artist from your home county, please. Uh, oh, that would definitely be Mark Phillips uh, from a band called Hotel that had some records out, gosh, 75 onward. Uh, fantastic band, if you've never heard of them. They were kind of in the in the FM, uh, easy listening rock style, but just really beautiful melodies. And I always looked up to him so much as a, as someone from my hometown, because he was all over the radio when I was a, a you know, a youngster. So, um, and I became friends with him much, much later as I was maturing uh, into a musician. And he, uh, a sweetheart of a person, fine songwriter. So yeah, I would recommend him. Do you find that inspirational seeing someone from where you was that was doing so well? Oh, certainly, certainly. Um, Jasper, my hometown, has a couple of notable people. Uh, one of them is George Lindsay from the Andy Griffith Show. Mm-hmm. And the other is Polly Holiday from, uh, what was that show? Flo, or, you know, she was the waitress, the redheaded yeah, 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 waitress. Yeah. She, had, she was on Alice, too, I think, is yeah. was the original. Anyway, uh, so people like that, mainly actors. Tallulah Bankhead uh, being... Probably the biggest, though. Mm. And so was there a good scene for bands growing up there? 
No, not really. Would touring not bands like come through? Oh, touring bands. Well, a lot of cool touring bands did come through. Um, like on my 19th birthday, I saw Susie and the Banshees at the Alabama Theater uh, doing the Tinderbox oh, tour for wow. that record. And it was mind-blowingly good. So good. Um, so yeah, a lot of bands would uh, you know, show up. You'd have all your big rock bands, of course, but um, you'd also have, you know, bands from the UK and other parts of the world come through. There's a small club in um, Birmingham called The Nick that's pretty much where all the bands that you just named, like Faith No More, James Addiction, I mean, no doubt. I mean, they've all, they all played that, that circuit at one time. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of good memories of that, those times for me. And um, before we get on to the, uh, the last track, let's, let's talk about the, some new music. What's happening? New music with me. Um, I'm currently in the process of making my Sextus record, my next one. I've got two, uh, I've got a full length and, a, and an EP released a few years ago. So I'm working on a new EP of that stuff. And then we've got uh, Roger and Tim and I in the licorice quartet, which we're, it really occupies the majority of, uh, of my time right now because people have been very positively uh, responding to it. And so I want to go where the fun is. Yeah. There's a lot of love for that band and there's a lot of love for the members of that band. I think, um, yeah, I'll, I'll just, as soon as you can, uh, get out of the States and, you know, and touring happens again, like it'd be great to see you come and play the UK. Yeah, we'd love that. Um, it's just a matter of waiting till the dust settles, as it were. Okay, well, for the, the last track, um, this is when you get to play uh, a DJ, Eric, and can turn someone on to something new. And uh, I'm going to ask you the song for a song that many may not know that you would like them to hear. Hmm. Uh... How about how about a song called uh, "O Relogio" by Os Mutantes? Right, you're going to have to explain that a little bit. <laughs> o, o Relogio, I think, is how you pronounce it. That's Portuguese, mm -hmm. and it's by a Brazilian band called Os Mutantes that uh, I highly recommend for anyone to look up all of their music. It was really pretty groundbreaking uh, for the time. Something coming out of Brazil. Uh, you know, they could sound like the Beatles at their most psychedelic point, uh, just at the drop of a hat. But this particular song, Orologio, is it has elements of that psychedelia, but it also has this uh, beautiful uh, nylon string acoustic guitar with Rita Lee's voice singing very gently uh, in the beginning of it. And when I first heard that song, it just struck me like a ton of bricks i became obsessed with it um so yeah i, I would recommend if you want the, and the song you have to translate the lyrics but it's about time that's where i'll leave it so there's something hauntingly beautiful about it okay well eric we put together a, a playlist uh, on spotify that involves all of the songs that we've uh, we've spoken about today so so listeners can go and check out uh, all of your song picks and as well as some of the other records that we've we've 
we've discussed throughout this chat. Um, as we you know find ourselves entering into this this new year, um, you know, with with a lot of hope and uh, and yeah, I just what are you most looking forward to uh, from twenty twenty one? Uh, well, uh, I, I really don't plan any further into the future, uh, as far as, uh, what I'm doing. I mean, you never know. You could be here today and gone tomorrow, but, um, but I, I would say that I just would like stability and, and for things to open up again in the world, uh, the ability to travel would be fantastic. Uh, see friends from other shores and uh, and just to continue to release music because I I feel that uh, feel I'm in a good place right now with it and uh, you know playing uh, with Tim and Roger has been an amazing experience again to reconnect so and so if people want to keep up to speed on 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 all your musical output and what you're up to, where's the best place to sort of stay up to date on what you're doing, Eric? Uh, well, you should go to the licorice quartet.com uh, because that's really kind of what's happening for me the most at the moment. And uh, that's L I C K E R I S H quartet, the licorice quartet from the movie, from the Italian mm-hmm. film, uh, which if, you have seen is amazing. Uh, and just check out all of the, uh, the things we have. We just released a new single called the dream that took me over. And I believe a few stations are picking that up, which is awesome. Um, and yeah, check the site out because we have uh, experiences and things, uh, offerings. We'd like trying to get connected with our fan base and just uh, share it and celebrate Wonderful. I'll um I'll add the link to the, the the bio of this podcast as well, so people are only a click away from going and uh, exploring all of that. Um, Eric, it's been a real pleasure talking records with you. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Stu. I've had a wonderful time. This has been a a, a blast, really. Oh, wonderful. I will let you get on with your day. It looks nice and sunny there, and uh, yeah, in, enjoy your time, man. Thank you very much. I will. Thanks, Stu. See ya. There you go, Eric Dover. What an absolutely lovely man. And yeah, just recording that intro uh, and and just listing the bands that that Eric's been part of. It's just, I mean, there's a book there. And uh, yeah, as he said, go and check out the websites and uh, and go and check out new music by Licorice Quartet uh, because uh, well, there's a whole wealth of wonder in them in in that lineup and uh, and their output is always always delicious uh, and and delivers. Um, as I said as well, um, anything else you need to know about this podcast? Um, I mentioned it all at the beginning, but I'll just give you a quick heads up again. Everything you need to know, Patreon, if you'd like to support it in any way, shape or form, or get access to over 200 episodes that have never been released to the general public, um, head over to the Patreon uh, or just go and have a look at the 250 episodes that you can get stuck into um, straight away over on Acast, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Your one-stop shop for everything. If you want to explore all the things you can do within this podcast, go to offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. That's beat and, not beaten, 
beatandtrackpodcast.com. I'm done. I will see you next time. Thanks loads for listening. If you see us on the socials, give us a like, love, share, retweet. You know, get behind us. Recommend it to your mates. And, yeah, go and get stuck into the back catalogue because there's probably some great episodes that that you've missed. And, uh, yeah, and be excellent to each other. Love you lots. See you next time. Bye-bye. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www.sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15, B-E-A-T-1-5, and that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk official sponsors of Off The Beat and Track Podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. It me, Stu Whipping. Hey,